Today we're talking about the secret to living longer. How to literally extend your life. <laughs> okay, so yesterday I went to the doctor. I was getting a vaccine booster. And when they were doing the vitals check, I saw something that blew my fucking mind. It was a thing that made me realize how exactly to extend your life today. No medication, no IV, no transfusion of plasma or baby stem cells, no. No waiting around for biomedical de-aging solutions. Today we're talking about literally how to add years to your life today. Okay, so with this dramatic preamble, <laughs> if you're anything like me, when you went to the doctor's office or maybe you get your vitals checked when you've had your blood pressure checked or maybe you don't even know or avoid knowing but anyway if you're anything like me and my clients the three top emotions that have driven you or that you've been experiencing are something like stress anxiety and pressure and again you may or may not know this because you may or may not have gotten your actual blood pressure checked but let me tell you for me for an extremely healthy, fit, physically active young person like me, you would get your vitals checked and see a blood pressure reading of something like 146 over 80. That's like legit chronic hypertension, like a legit clinical diagnosis that is the number one predictor of health problems like heart disease, which by the way is the number one leading cause of death for every single population in America. Like, this is what people die from. <laughs> Heart disease created by high blood pressure. You hear me? <laughs> so that's like a real problem. Well, anyway, for, for years, I would write it off. Oh, like the, the pressure reader is antiquated, broken, wrong. Like, you know those devices they haven't updated for years? Or like, oh, the story was, you know, I'd be stressed being in the doctor's office. Or like somehow, some way, I was always running there. <laughs> Also, of course, all the punitive incentives of our healthcare system make it mean that it's anyway just disregarded. Like, oh, you're in some high-strung profession. Every lawyer presents that way. Every Harvard grad presents that way. Or every type A high-achieving prof professional presents that way. Now again, this may not sound like a big deal for some people. It sounds like a normal Tuesday. <laughs> but yesterday, I'm back in the office to get a vaccine booster, and my blood pressure reading for the first time in literally almost five years, is down to 120 over 80. That's like healthy. No more hypertension. Done. No mas. No more bullshit stories or gaslighting it away. Also, no pills, no IV transfusions, no drugs, no magical medical intervention. Simply me being committed to and going all in on thought work. This is no joke, my friends. I have literally added years to my lifespan. Years. You see, for me, I had also literally spent years driven by, controlled by the emotions of anxiety and stress and pressure. I could see the literal physiological causal effects of my health created by my mind, created by simple thoughts, like there's something wrong with me. Now, for many of us, this isn't like some kind of conscious top of mind thoughts, because for most of us, we're not even aware that we're not our thoughts. We're not even aware that we're identifying with our thoughts, that our thoughts are choices. 
So again, it's not like something we're necessarily believing consciously top of mind, like there's something wrong with me. But what happens often is it might have even been something like a third grade teacher or your mom or a boss or some bully or someone on social media or anywhere else in the media said. And you just internalize that belief, which is what happens to gay men socialized as we are. Let's say there's something wrong with you. So you take this at face value, you believe this unquestionable thing as if it were fact, as if it were true. Like you look out into the world, this is a rock, this is a tree, and there's something wrong with me. <laughs> like, wait, what's the, what's the problem here? Well, your brain has something called cognitive dissonance. Cognitive dissonance is when you believe one thing and do another, or believe one thing and simultaneously believe another. Your brain doesn't like sitting with that tension. Your brain likes to conserve resources by default. It wants to conserve energy and align the thinking to create consistency. So what happens is the belief that tends to win is the version of the belief, the thought, that's older, that's more well-trained, has gone through more iterations, it's more well-grooved, right? You've just been practicing it for longer. If you think about like a valley or like the Grand Canyon, the water has just been eroding the sediment for sometimes hundreds of years. In your case, maybe tens. And so that thought, that belief again, that say there's something wrong with me or that I'm a problem or I've created a problem, it's the belief that in that process of cognitive dissonance tends to win out. When you have that thought, consciously or unconsciously, even if it's just laying latent, just sitting there, again, that cognitive dissonance in your brain will align everything in your life to prove that thought true. So in my own experience, I had spent basically the five years after uh, coming out and starting to have sex, believing and creating all these medical dramas, <laughs> all these medical problems. Most recently, this came to a fore in this particularly dramatic like year and a half period. Where I was hopping between all these specialist doctors and all these medical experts telling them there's something wrong cause a problem. I created a problem. I did this to myself. Tell me what it is so how I can solve it. What's the pill? What's the solution? What's the intervention? Because also side note, that's what we're taught to scan for, right? Separate reality of our medicalized pathologizing culture writ large. Anyway, <laughs> as it turns out, there's nothing wrong. There is no problem. No problem other than me believing the lie I've been socialized to believe that something about me is fundamentally wrong or a problem. Okay, so here's me being vulnerable. Thing is, I know so many people struggle with something, anything like this, thinking there's something wrong uniquely about them and only them. So here it goes. I have this thing called a barricaseal. It sounds scary, right? <laughs> Don't worry. It's this totally benign thing that like, literally one in four men have, which is basically just like a swollen vein. Except this one happens to be in your testicle. Well, my testicle, but anywho. <laughs> so if you ever heard of something like a varicose vein, it's just like a swollen vein. Anyway, no one really knows the etiology. It just happens. Like no biggie, no problem, totally benign. But again, we know that's just a neutral circumstance, right? Like some facts in the world just exist as they are. They can be proven in a court of law. Like you can look at it and say that is indeed a swollen vein. <laughs> now watch this. 
me three years ago without thought work or so. Insert thought, insert subjective interpretation, I am a problem. I have done something wrong. Sex is wrong. Gay sex is wrong. There's something wrong and a problem with gay men. Any possible permutation, whatever it is for you. <laughs> insert the wild fucking crazy imagination of a mind in torment trying to prove that it's done and caused something wrong. So I spend a year and a half freaking the fuck out, going doctor to doctor to doctor, trying to find a solution to this totally benign non-problem. Except the problem actually was in my mind. And it's not something any doctor was equipped or trained to help with. Trust me, many of my clients have been doctors, and they're often the least equipped and in the greatest need of coaching tools. But so the point there was that I learned to believe by doing this work that there is nothing wrong with me. And there is everything right with me. That's it. That's years of anguish, pain, suffering alone, money and time spent, drama, all this drama. <laughs> My friends, I want you to know that if something like this happens to you, which I know for many of you happens on a recurring basis, because for those of you who take prep or do any sort of routine quarterly blood work, you can work yourself up to a set of really extreme anxiety and stress and pressure, thinking something's gone wrong, right? I want you to know I have the best news. It doesn't have to be this way. And of course, the results of the optional thought, there's something wrong with me, is you create something going wrong. Only because of that optional thought. My friends, I want you to know you can 100% rewire your mind and consciously choose every thought you believe. Maybe that example didn't necessarily resonate with you, <laughs> but take a moment and really think about an example in your own life that does. Okay, so we're gonna get an even bit more controversial here, so brace yourself. <laughs> Everywhere and anywhere you go these days, there's talk of a mental health crisis. We're told over and over and over again to keep talking about mental health. Get a diagnosis, get a prescription. Don't have anxiety or depression or ADHD or anything in between. You must be weird or poor or privileged or lying to yourself. My friends, I think we're in a mental health panic. The tragedy is that the supposed solution, I think is causing an even greater problem with the best of intentions, but nevertheless, that has been the effect. If you look at the data, what we're teaching people, especially our young people, is that having a negative emotion is a problem. That the 50-50 of life, the 50% positive, the 50% negative for every human is a problem. We're cultivating the opposite of anti-fragility. We're cultivating highly brittle, more mentally panicked people. So it's neither the extreme answer that all your mental maladies are just illusions and just man up and get your shit together, nor is it the polar opposite extreme of you need to be on at least two potent psychotropics, an antidepressant, an anti-anxiolytic, and you need to have two comorbid diagnoses to justify your like existence on this planet. <laughs> neither extreme, neither. Okay, an important concept in our work is the Meta thought. 
This comes up all the time for my clients. And a meta-thought is simply just a thought about a thought, or a thought about a feeling. So this applies even to, let's say you do have some kind of diagnosis, or you have some kind of intrusive thought. Right? And this is especially true for gay men, because the story we're told over and over and over again is that gay men are more depressed, they're more anxious, we're in a mental health crisis. The entire system is predicated on crisis. But the entire purpose of this community is built on prevention and creation. So we should look closely at the data and be honest about exactly where we are, but also let's not overcomplicate things and not unintentionally exacerbate the problem. Important caveat is that we're talking about the vast, vast majority, conservatively, the 80% of all cases that are truly non-clinical diagnoses not the maybe 10 or 20% of clinical psychiatric disorders, which though, even then, thought work can still be super helpful, but that's for another time. Okay, so in the 80% of cases, the vast majority of cases, it can literally start with something like this. A thought enters your mind. A sentence crosses your mind. I shouldn't have done that. Your thoughts are sentences in your mind. Most people do not realize they are not their thoughts. Most people identify fully with their thoughts. So first, let me reiterate, you are not your thoughts. So there are five steps in the self-coaching model that we use in our thought work. First, we have circumstances. Circumstances are the objective, neutral facts of the world. The things outside of your control. Circumstances are, again, neutral, can be proven in a court of law. Eight billion people say would agree on them as fact. It is 47 degrees Fahrenheit. It is 8.03 p.m. I weigh 167 pounds. All hypothetical. Then we have thoughts. Thoughts are our subjective interpretations of everything in the world. Thoughts are just sentences that run through your mind. Just strings of words. <laughs> Every human has thousands of thoughts that run through their mind every day. Thoughts like, it's freezing outside, it's so late, or I'm so fat. Then we have feelings. Feelings are just physical sensations in your body. Feelings are just one word descriptors of the physical sensations created by your thoughts, those sentences running through your mind. Now, again, a caveat, there are those edge cases of feelings like touching a hot stove, say, where your nervous system is reacting before your brain. But even in that case, the nerve endings on your fingertips are signaling to your brain first to interpret that stimulus as pain, to signal to you to remove your finger, which, by the way, can be a problem for people whose amygdala isn't lighting up and they don't get that signal. But in the vast, vast majority of cases, feelings are just one word physical sensations in your body created by your thoughts. Okay, then we have actions. Actions are the things you do or don't do which are created by your feelings. Remember, feelings are physical sensations created by your thoughts. Actions are whether you get up when you set your alarm, whether you actually go for the run, you show up to the gym, whether you stop after the first bag of chips, the first drink, whether you go to sleep when you said you would, 
use the condom, scroll on TikTok, start the business, go all in, anything you're doing or not doing. And finally, we have the results. Results are the impact, the experience you're creating with your actions or inactions. Results are a direct mirror of your thought. If you think you've wasted your time, the result will deterministically be you creating, you wasting your time now. If you think you failed, the result will causally be you failing now, often in advance by not even trying. If you think you're not enough, the result you will create will you not being enough. It's a causal chain. Now, it's very possible, I want you to entertain this possibility, that our way out of this crisis is not by doubling down on the self-defeating beliefs that got us into it. It is very possible that for this fourth evolution, that our way out is through processing our emotions, not making negative emotion a problem and learning to consciously cultivate new thought patterns. It can be that simple. You know, gay men are taught that we're not leaders in every part of our life. That includes our healthcare, our bodies, our decisions, our jobs, that someone else is in control of your time, your money, your value. That we're meant to be someone else's sidekick and just count your blessings for helping the boss get the job done. This mindset is not just about not stepping up and getting in the arena, not founding the business, not being CEO, not running for office, not going all in on the investment. It shows up in every area of life. Because the way you do one thing is the way you do everything. Fundamentally, it's about decision making. When you've been socialized from childhood to believe you're not a leader, you abdicate responsibility and control over every part of your life. Now, I know from speaking to so many of you, there pop up all these excuses, all these excuses from the metabolized homophobic social conditioning, from the metabolized garbage thoughts that you've heard. And it might sound something like this. Well, if I do this work, if I do learn to rewire my mind and choose my thoughts, then I'll just become like a selfish narcissist, right? I'll just love myself and be happy and hunky-dory all the time. My friend, the exact opposite is true. The most narcissistic, selfish thing is to not fundamentally know and believe that you are enough in your value, that you are worthy, that you are right as you are. Because what happens is when you show up in the world in that way, you show up in relationships and in every part of life as validation vending machines. You go through life, you meet people, friends, partners, and work, and elsewhere, and say, validate me. Tell me I'm good enough. Tell me I'm worthy. Tell me I'm right. Tell me I'm not crazy. It is the most selfish, narcissistic thing when you're constantly treating every interaction as an indictment of your worth, of your enoughness, of your sufficiency. The exact opposite is true. When you come and learn and train to be fundamentally confident, secure, and compelled in your enoughness exactly as you are, that you are 100% worthy, you show up in relationships, in work, in life, from a place of loving connection. Because you have that loving connection first and foremost with yourself.
So my friends, if this is you, know that nothing has gone wrong. Know that stepping into your leadership is 100% available to you. Know that you can lead a life driven by love, calm, and fun. <laughs> you can feel better and get exactly what it is you want. You can think from first principles and create exactly the life you want. You aren't anchored by your past, nor are you at fault, nor are you a victim of anyone or anything. Get up, let's go. The world is waiting for you to get over your shit. Show up in love and service. If you're hearing this and finding this valuable, I'm gonna ask two quick favors from you. We're now a community of thousands listening across the world, tuning in to this podcast, and tens of thousands across all platforms. We are the gay man's life coach community. There's no secrets here. Nothing is being held back. And if you're getting value from this free content, will you take two minutes now to subscribe and review this podcast? It's how the algorithm picks it up and lets other people hear it. Think of the lives you can help just by helping spread the word. And once you subscribe and review, will you share it with three friends who you know it might help? If I've learned anything these past many years, it's that no one, no one is going to take care of us. No one is going to save us. We have the opportunity to help and take care and save ourselves. Think about three friends who could really benefit from this work, from this podcast. Send them a text, a DM today with the link saying you're thinking of them and found this podcast helpful. Trust me, they will thank you for the rest of their lives. And if you're super fired up about living a happier, healthier life and literally adding years to your lifespan, let's fucking go. Join me. Let's go all in on this work. Go all in on yourself. Book a one-on-one -on -one consult at jonathanherzogcoach.com now. I'll see you there.